Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Ohio Gazamus, Upper Adam. Hello, Madam Chan. <laughs> do you know what language that was? It was Japanese. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so it was a mix of Japanese and Upper Adam, which is Korean. Mm. Yeah, it's well, it's got relevance because I've got a story about Japan. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to share. Yeah, I'm going to share something about that. Absolutely, I also do as well. About Japan. J- or? About Japan and some aquarium creatures. Uh huh. Yeah. I hope we're not doubling up, but I don't think we are. Oh, I hope not either. <laughs> and then in Ponder Ponders, we're going to talk about border crossing and how hard it is going to be for the rest of the foreseeable future, really. Yeah, well, there's been a bit of um, bickering going on, should we say? Bickering? bickering. Between the state premiers? Yeah. Or like, mm. yeah, it's kind of like uh, just arguing over silly little things. Yeah, I know. This border, which seems really invisible, is quite um, the wall at the moment. I can't understand like, why we are a federation of states. Like, I know the history behind it, mm. but for a country of 26 million people, it doesn't really seem worthwhile. Yeah. And now there's also you know, borders shut down between countries. So it's going to be an interesting topic once you know, the air- planes can fly again. Yeah, if that ever happens. I was just thinking this morning, I haven't heard a plane in a long time. <laughs> or seen one. Oh. Yeah, I wonder if the property prices are going up around Marrickville because they don't have the same noise pollution as they did before. <laughs> I wish I had a house there. Yes, finally, my house is worth <laughs> Now's the time to sell, sell. Sell now before the flights come back again. <laughs> are there any buyers? <laughs> Overseas buyers, Chinese investors, what? No. <laughs> no. no. Somebody looking for a warehouse? Anybody? Anyone? And what have we got for uh, Secret Asians this week? Secret Asians, Any clues? I have, yeah, I have a, a very interesting, talented Asian okay. um, that I'm, I'm going to get you to guess, see if you can figure out who it is. All right, cool. Well, I've got the Australian Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Prince of Darkness. <laughs> but more of that later. <laughs> cool. So, what's unexpected stuff happening in Asia this week? All right, you want me to go first? Oh, yeah, go for it. All right, um, so uh, <laughs> this is a great one. It's about so, Japan. <laughs> no, this is not the Japan one, oh, not okay. yet. This one, we're going to start, I've got to keep it on theme. You, you always tell me that your other co-host talks too much oh, about North Korea, God, no, no, but no, no, I've got no. a North Korea one, which is a little bit old, but it doesn't matter. It's still quite funny. All right, so, hit me. Um, so North Korea has constructed a new basketball court outside the Imperial Palace. What aren't they constructing these days? <laughs> and, you know, well, infrastructure is the key to rebuilding economies, in, in, you know, building new stuff. Creating unless, jobs, yeah. Unless you're in New South Wales and then we don't want to do that anymore because we need to give some more money to the nurses. <laughs> Healthcare workers, everyone in there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so in Pyongyang, in the capital, um, apparently they're hinting possibly to their next leader who, obviously there's been some rumours around the health of Kim Jong-un. But he's alive though, isn't he? Well, apparently he's alive, but there's still a lot of controversy because a lot of people are seeing photos and saying, hey, no, that's not him. Look, his teeth are different. It's a stunt double. He's got different ears. Um, You know, his eyebrows look different or his teeth look different. This is such a scene out of Team America. Oh, it's it's controversy like in, yeah, big time. Um, So anyway, so potentially he may have 
some problems, you know, mm-hmm. like he may not be around or he may have his stunt double kind of... Being the puppet. For, yeah, being the puppet and yeah. showing, you know, keeping up public appearances. Anyway, so apparently this building the basketball court is possibly a hint to his successor, <gasps> a very good friend of his, Dennis Rodman. Oh, he loves basketball. Yeah, and they hang out a lot, right? Like yeah. apparently Dennis Rodman's done more for diplomacy before between North Korea and the US than any other leader has ever done in <laughs> the history of me? all time. Um, but apparently he's also got the endorsement of the Don. Oh, the really? Big, yeah, big Trump? Donald, Donald Trump said... So um, Trump is so trumping... Do, trumpeting. <laughs> Trump is trumpeting someone other than himself... <laughs> for a change. <laughs> ...for achieving something with North Korea. And um, so Trump gives his full endorsement to Dennis Rodman and he says, quote, he works great under pressure. Mm. And we've, we've seen that in... in uh, his games with Detroit and Chicago, obviously yep. his basketball prowess. Yeah, that's right. And hopefully he can take North Korea to glory as well. And he likes me. In fact, he thinks that I'm smart, which is the right way to think. It makes him better than anyone else that has ever been considered. Boom, slam dunk. Yeah, bang, <laughs> slam dunk. There you go. Full endorsement from the Don himself. So I'm guessing this this new Kim Jong uh, is a little bit shorter, taller. He, he looks very, very similar. Mm. I think the key distinguishing features are probably his ears yeah. and his teeth. Has Dennis Rodman been missing as well now? I haven't heard much from Dennis Rodman Because he lately. could be the new puppet then. Yeah, maybe need to jump into the Twitter sphere and yeah. sort of find out what the latest is about that. Broke his ankle. <laughs> 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 couldn't couldn't handle like watching uh yeah you know Magic Johnson rise to new heights on Netflix and yeah because instead I'm just going to become the leader of North Korea and take over the world yeah <laughs> perfect way well um, staying in the peninsula I've decided to go with Japan okay so I've taken your thunder now yeah <laughs> so um, Sumida Aquarium in Tokyo uh, they had to shut down because of the coronavirus um, sure. and you know since March yeah. and during that isolation period. 300 of their residents, known as the Spotted Garden Eels, um, just decided to uh, go in hiding. Like hibernation. Hibernation, yeah. So you've got water and then down the bottom, obviously, you've got like, you know, gravel or stones or whatever habitat that they're used to. So now instead, you know, science science staff goes in to monitor their health. They don't even pop their heads out anymore. They just go into hibernation where stuff you humans, we're going to have some peace and quiet and do some sleeping. Maybe they've got depression from being like homebound for too long. Yeah. And they've got like mental health issues and they need some therapy. And then you can see some happy faces. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, <laughs> but you can imagine like being stuck in an aquarium, you know, with. Glass. I don't know how. In Japan, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people go through that aquarium mm. every day with people like tapping on the glass yeah. and like setting off the flash photos. Oh, that would be and, so annoying. Yeah. It's so like the, our office here. Imagine if you and I were like aquarium animals and, and then a, these people. It is a bit like a goldfish bowl <laughs> sometimes when people come and blow like oh, actually, goldfish onto that. the windows <laughs> when you're trying to record. A blowfish called Jason. <laughs> <laughs> To counter this sort of uh, antisocial behavior, the aquarium set up a three-day emergency event. So, I know. So, early in May, uh, they sent out Twitter. They sent out invitations by email to all of their uh, visitors to say, hey, uh, on on these three days, we want you to call in and be live to acclimatize these eels back to human faces again. Like a video conference. Yeah, so they had like a million people calling in and they had like tablets, uh, you know, right along the the actual glass. So imagine us sitting here in this fishbowl and then there's these massive tablets and then people's faces (laughs) popping up and down. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Just to re-stimulate, re-stimulate the growth of these like little eels again. That's right. Come out of your home. Nothing to be afraid of here. That's right. Get used to these faces. Yeah. All these prying hives. Yeah. I feel sorry for them. They're probably like, look, I'm trying to actually, you know, get some sleeping happening because I haven't had to sleep for a while. Yeah. <laughs> get a couple of strobe lights set up to like mimic the flashes and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, and so that was uh, attended by 2 million live viewers. I, I, wow. I'm so sad I missed out. Wow, I didn't hear about this. I wish I had of. Same. Um, so I've got some more Japanese kind of themed news. Yes, Japanese. And up. like, um, you know, Zoom is, is kind of the thing to do now and people want to stay connected. And actually, like the usage of, of um, social media and stuff has just gone through the roof. Like mm. people have more time. Great for platforms like Netflix and TikTok and... Facebook and Instagram and all of these other things that you can do to sort of, you know, take, your, busy. <laughs> yeah, take your mind away from the realities of life. Um, but anyway, there's an, there's an onsen um, in the Hyogo prefecture in Japan. It's called the Ariyama um, onsen. What's an and onsen? It, you know, like the heated pool things. like the, Oh, natural pool. The, like the natural... Um, Springs? What do you call it? Spring water. Okay. And it comes out like it's warm water and you can have these baths in it. Oh. But it's really rich in minerals and stuff. So it's really good for your body. And Is it inside or outside? Um, they tend to be a bit of both. Okay. Like, like part indoor for the change rooms and stuff. And then most of them are outdoor. And it's quite a cool little place that you can go and relax. And sort of like a big spa bath. But okay. usually they segregate by sex. And um, you go in there, you take all your clothes off and you sit in this water for like 20 minutes, half an hour or whatever. (laughs) And um, the minerals and and the temperature of the water and stuff is supposed to be really good for vitalizing your immune system and getting your circulation working well and all this sort of stuff. Flushing out their toxins and things like that. Getting rid of all that bad sort of stuff. Um, great after you've ever been like skiing or snowboarding for a day and you're sore and like yeah. your muscles are a bit tired or whatever, go and have an onsen at the end of the day. It's just the best feeling. I remember, um, it's a slight detour, but I remember sitting in one of these mm. in, um, God, what was it called? Um, Niseko, where all the Aussies go, where all the Aussies go in, in Japan. And, um, we had... Uh, I'd been snowboarding all day and was like sore and achy and stuff. And I had this onsen afterwards and was sitting outside and it's like, everything's covered in snow. So it's really quiet. Yeah. And then it started snowing and it was just the most amazing, um, the most amazing feeling. So would you say the experience is better than a sauna, which is mostly steam? Yeah. It's, it's, it's still hot and it's kind of, but it, your body feels a bit more, um, heavy like you just it's like having a really hot bath basically yeah. but it's got all those mineral benefits as well anyway long story short this place can't operate because of you know the restrictions and Obvious. stuff so um and they usually find themselves to be incredibly popular with chinese and korean mm. visitors so they've got no visitors at the moment their doors are closed they can't operate so mm. they've started doing virtual reality videos and they've put these series of videos on youtube um, with some music and bits and pieces. So you actually sit there and it's as if you're in the onsen. So maybe you can run yourself a really hot bath, put the laptop at the end of the thing and just sort of imagine, <laughs> close your eyes or, or just watch the screen and imagine that you're in this Japanese onsen. But um, you're by yourself, place. not with all, all the other naked people, right? Yeah, I guess that's a benefit. Like you, you don't have to share with other people and we there's not that awkward in. change room kind of, <laughs> there's not that awkward change room kind of moment and stuff when you have to strip off or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, so anyway, the first batch of uh, videos has been released on YouTube and um, you can either watch it on there or you could put your uh, VR headsets on and, um, yeah, and enjoy the the hot springs of of Japan. Enjoy the serenity and, you know, bring yourself back to Earth again. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever it takes. I know. Well, for this week, 
with all this, you know, ISO going on, I was pondering, you know, how strict will border security be from now on? <laughs> they've had yeah. time to think about oh we gotta test people if they have any airborne disease or virus yeah do yeah the temperature checks that's and... right yeah so i've been looking at all these photos on facebook and and then it's like photos of other people doing challenges you know post right. up pictures of your 10 best holiday destinations and i got a little bit you know travel sick <laughs> nostalgic nostalgic yeah that's probably the better word and i thought maybe we could talk about our best border insecurity <laughs> experiences yeah stories. i got a good one. Oh, do you give yeah. it to me um so i went to i went on a holiday to uh, to Laos. oh yeah um uh, to a little place called luan prabang and it's it's a beautiful beautiful little city um, right on the Mekong River, and it's where like there's some really beautiful old temples, and it's it's almost like a a place that time forgot. A very Buddhist kind of community. Um, there's quite a lot of monks that live there. Um, it's you've got some um, colonial uh, yeah. heritage as well. Yeah, there's these beautiful colonial houses that mm. are built along the Mekong River, and um, you can stay there quite cheaply. You know, you rent you rent a room in this place. Anyway, I stayed there and um, had an amazing time, and we got up in the morning, and you know. Um, donated some food to the monks and they walk around in procession mm. through the city to, you know, to you give them rice and, and things and they go back to the temple. It's a whole ceremony sort of ceremonial sort of thing. Anyway, um, so this, this border crossing um, that we did was then to go into Thailand. So from the one Prabang, we were going to um, get a slow boat uh, going against the Mekong for two days to get up to Chiang Rai to then mm. go into, into Thailand. And it's a beautiful trip. Like it's basically through the wilderness and rainforests, and you know farmers are like taking their cattle down to the they river to feed. They should VR this. And, and the, the what? What? They should VR this visual, like virtual reality. It. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you could virtual reality it, I guess. Um, what's the plural? How would you how would you turn that into an adjective? I don't know. I'm terrible at English. You should just VR it. <laughs> just VR it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so um, to do this border crossing, the, the, the Mekong River is the actual border between Laos and, and Thailand. And um, so two days on this boat, right? And they're, they're, they're long boats with this huge diesel kind of truck engine in the back. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know how long the trip was. I knew it was going to be a couple of days. I didn't know how long we were going to be on the river. Yep. Um, so I decided to go to the local market and just to buy like a little sandwich thing to take with me in case I got hungry or whatever. Because chances are I might not stop for lunch. You don't know. You never know. You know in the middle of the jungle, Asia time. whatever. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I bought this. I bought this sort of um, ham, ham and salad sandwich or whatever, and I saved that. And it was it was a beautiful trip. Like you know, read a book, was really in the zone, relaxed, whatever. Decided to eat this sandwich, and like about two bites into, it, I was like, mm, something's oh, not no. right with that. And I was like, oh mm, no, doesn't feel good. And then, yeah, lo and behold, like within an hour, I had the most horrible food poisoning you can imagine. Um, oh but the worst, the worst thing is we're on this little skinny longboat thing and the toilet is in the engine room next to this 12-cylinder screaming diesel engine that's like, oh you know, God. actually painful to, to even go close to. Um, no toilet paper, no privacy. Oh like you're just God, in the gross. middle of this open engine room. It was horrible. Oh. 
Um, so I went in there and I was like, oh no, I'm, I think I'm going to have an accident. And I had to run back to my seat, grab my headphones to put them on because it was like painfully unbearable to be able to yeah. sit next to this engine Western, and like, sort of you know, squat. the doof doof music from a nightclub? No, what, it was... It was like, I think my eardrums are going to melt if oh, I have to stay no. in here longer than 35 seconds. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, use this primitive sort of pit-based toilet thing in the boat. Oh, it was horrible. And, yeah, for two days, yeah, just un very, very unpleasant experience. And so you did have a door, so people didn't actually see what you were doing. The, there was or a door. Hear. Oh, they couldn't hear. They couldn't. They wouldn't be able to hear anything <laughs> above the motor. <laughs> there was there was a door, and then it was sort of open in the engine room, and then open at the back. Oh wow! Bit again, but yeah, it was it was the best and the worst experience that I can remember from that <laughs> Beautiful part of view, the travel. Terrible bowel problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so going from Thailand, I have a story from Thailand to Cambodia crossing. This is a border crossing story. This is a, this is a border crossing story. Yes. So uh, when I was backpacking in the 2000s with my one of my best mates, um, we we thought, okay, let's go to Cambodia. We hear it's very tranquil. Uh, it's untouched by tourists. Hmm. Um, so anyway, in order to get to Cambodia, uh, you, you had to go through a, a small town on right. both sides. So. Like the DMZ. Like the DMZ, essentially, yeah. What um, happens in this small town? <laughs> well, there wasn't much. It was just one paved road, uh, and then everything else was dirt, and you had your little pockets of hole in the wall. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's about it. Like a it. quickie mart sort of thing? Yeah, like a quickie mart, or, you know, I think we even grabbed some food to eat, but definitely not off meat <laughs> or sandwich yeah, yeah. like you, like you had. Yeah. I think it was like some sort of stir-fried rice. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, you know, you do your usual thing. You go to the, the border crossing official on the Thailand side, do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then once we crossed over, it was just a mile of concrete. There was concrete everywhere. Fresh, beautiful concrete. I could even smell it. Oh, like fresh, fresh. <laughs> that fresh. Yeah, because um, they had buildings. Once you go in there, you can see like buildings that look like an institution. Yeah. It was brand new. You can you can tell the difference between like a, a shack on the other yeah. side versus a... So now you're in Cambodia. No, no, no. We were in the DMZ. Are you so, still in the DMZ? So crossing over. Yeah. So as we were crossing over, we noticed the word casino. Really? <laughs> I know. Wow. So I'm not going to guess it's not a casino because it says casino. So I'm yeah. guessing that's where they have gambling. Wow. Yeah, and, in and, between. And this, this is on the... The Cambo DMZ. Cam it's in the DMZ. In but is the, it yeah, between the two posts. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like no man's land. Exactly. Where you can do whatever you want. It's like going into international waters on a boat and you can like, you can gamble, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> international you know, borders, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like maybe they've, I don't know, maybe they were, maybe gambling was frowned upon in... In both Cam countries. Yeah. But and they, they found thought, a loophole in the middle. Yeah. We'll just build it between and it sits in this DMZ zone. Exactly. We'll share the revenue. Everyone's happy. Yeah, nobody has to know about it, I guess. That's a tax write-off. Yeah. Woo! Anyway, <laughs> so then once we, you know, got into Cambodia, it was like exactly the same dirt everywhere and one single Nothing. road. <laughs> wow. <That's> so random. <laughs> I got my pretty stamp. That's all I needed. Yeah, you should have gone to the casino. <laughs> but hey, which currency do they pay out in? Probably US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crisp, clean US dollars. <laughs> Worth a lot more yeah. and much stabler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just remind me of another story when you mentioned US dollars. All right, so when I was in Borneo, which is an island, but it it is actually uh, owned by three countries, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's got Malaysia, Brunei, and uh, Indonesia. 
okay. on the same island. So once once you cross over, three countries, one island. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> there are threesome, right? <laughs> so when you cross over to the it's other not side. <laughs> The country is still intact, I think. The yeah. island is still intact for now. Yeah, only because they got shitloads of oil. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> mm. Where they made their millions and gazillions. Uh, so when you cross over, obviously you have to get a stamp. So as you go through the normal process. Yeah. Um, I had been uh, mountain climbing with an infected foot, which I got oh, from mainland Malaysia from a rusty anklet. Oh no! Yeah, it was disgusting. There was pus coming out. Oh, there were two man. bits on my ankle. I, seriously, you, yeah, it was it was not a sight that you wanted to see uh, anyone with. Oh, that's horrible. I know. So obviously, dirty backpacker. I, I literally was a dirty backpacker. You know, in flip flops and you know, yeah. with a backpack, looking you know, with well, with terrible sea sea hair as well. Yeah. So there I was trying to cross over from the Malaysia side to um, Brunei, uh, limping, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of a story. <laughs> I do have another border crossing story. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll finish this off anyway. Yeah. So when I got to the uh, the Brunei side, I was like, the guy goes, oh, yeah, so we only accept uh, US dollars or Malaysian currency. Ba-bow. I know, ringgits. Or Brunei, obviously. And I looked in my wallet. I didn't have enough Malaysian. I didn't have US at all. I only had... Australian, <laughs> like 20 bucks. A, a crusty $5 note. <laughs> no, 20 bucks. I had 20 bucks. But yeah. they were like, nah, nah, nah. You got to go and get some money. Your money no good here. No, no good at all. So come in the office. Let's process your visa and talk about how we're going to proceed. Yeah. I know. Uh, so these, they're very re- relaxed, very chilled. And anyway, so he, he saw my situation and going, okay, how about this? You just go onto our side, Brunei. <laughs> Leave your passport behind though. Uh-huh. Take your credit card and draw some money out and then come back. Online? So so then he said to me, How about this? You keep your passport here and then but you can take your credit card and go across the line to the ATM and draw some money and then come back again. Okay. And I said, Okay, why not? That's cool. Like I don't have a visa to go into your country, but sure, I'll just cross over. Yeah. Obviously they saw the condition I was in and that this chick, she ain't going far at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. So I limped over, drew the money out, and yep. then I thought, hmm, maybe I could make my escape. <laughs> no, I didn't. But they did have your passport. That's very true. I did think of that. And you had a manky leg. I was not going to go very far. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to take me in their taxi either. <laughs> so I went back. Dirty backpacker. Uh, exactly. Paid for my visa, and uh, and uh, just went, You were yeah, going through. Yeah, going through. Here's... No questions about the gangrene or anything like that? No, no. I think they just thought she was quite entertaining for today. That's probably what it was. Highlight of the dude's day. <laughs> exactly. Um, you, you, when you were telling me that story, you reminded me of one, another border crossing yeah. um, story. And I um, I was on a diving trip down in Malaysia. Yeah. Um, and to get to get to this island, we're going to a place called Marble Island, which mm-hmm. is really beautiful. And they've got like these incredible like rock walls that like go you know, 300 meters deep yeah, um, and beautiful fish and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, um, we went there and um, at the airport, uh, we were robbed, but we didn't know. We got in quite late. We were tired. Yeah. Um, somebody stole one of our little bags and it had our passports and oh wallets in God. it. And so we end up in this shithole town in um, Malaysia called Semporna without a passport. And we speak to the police. They're not interested. Um, we go back to the airport we like talked to the taxi driver company the the company that we went with nobody seems to know anything about it 
Um, and we ended up having to go to this little office, like a local immigration office, to be able to go back to Kuala Lumpur to then get an emergency passport. Mm. So we needed to get some sort of special exemption or something to be able to go to fly back to KL. And so we rock up to this office and um, we get there. And I kid you not, there's probably about maybe 150 um, uh, Malaysians and Filipinos um, because apparently this is the way to get into the mainland. So they all come here, like they come across on boats, mm. go to this um, little visa office in Simporna and then go into Kuala Lumpur and then that's their access into Malaysia and Singapore to get work and stuff. With a visa and a passport? Usually with some sort of letter or whatever. So we, oh, yeah. we spent like six hours in this place, like the the two white people like stuck in this oh, uh, no. in this local visa office to officially get the piece of paper, um, and then to be able to fly back to KL to get the emergency Aussie passport. It was, it was a horrible. Oh, horrible I can imagine. But you, I would be so anxious, going and frustrated, going, "Oh my god, I don't have my passport. Who's you know stolen yeah. it? Who's what? What they're doing to it? Well, what, with it?" Yeah. Well, what was worse is like um, the police didn't really seem to know anything, but were like a little bit vague. Mm. And then I think we came. We were confronted by the person who had our passports because um, I remember like standing out on the street and like this taxi like drove past really slowly oh. and was like the guy was like kind of staring at us and oh. I was like mm, I reckon he's got our passports and like he's a mate of the other guy that drove oh. us before or whatever but yeah it was a horrible feeling yeah but I'm so glad you're here today so but live to tell the tale live to tell the tale exactly yeah. and more possibly yeah yeah <laughs> well I, yeah, it seems like you and I have got some more stories about border insecurity crossings true yeah <laughs> I've got ones about guns so that's going to be interesting okay mm -hmm. save that one for another so time definitely save another time okay excellent so who have you got for secret Asians <laughs> What's the password? Captain Bagrat, come in. All right, so rather, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. And rather than tell you who this person is and just sort of like kind of go from there, I want to run it like a bit of a quiz. <gasps> a game show. I'm you reckon so you can excited. do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got your buzzer ready? Oh, uh, yeah. I am just going to smash my fist on the table. Okay. When you <laughs> And jump up and down in excitement when you get yes. to figure out who this is. All right, so I'm going to read out some clues. And then see how long it takes you to figure out who All this right. secret agent is. All right, hit me, hit me, is. hit okay. me. All right, so this person um, completed a Master of Arts at Griffith University. Okay, keep going. Um, this person is a trained opera singer. <gasps> Kate Sobrano. Negative. Oh. Um, this person had a short career as a gospel singer performing at Christian youth camps. Whoopi Goldberg. No, this is like secret Asian... Oh, sister act. Anyway. Yeah, okay. All, all right. right. Um, this person is a multi-instrumentalist, but mm -hmm. never sang at school. All right, keep going. I have nothing. Okay. Um, in 2014, this person signed with fashion label Alana Hill. Is so that an American brand? Endorsement, like a fashion... They're a fashion brand. They do like clothes and stuff. Somebody trendy. Maybe Jessica Malboy? Not Jessica Malboy. Okay, all right. I'm going to keep going. All right. Um, this person has been an ambassador for Priceline. I'm seriously not a girl. I don't go by <laughs> making makeup. <laughs> this person is a regular at Sydney's Carols in the Domain. All right. How many other Asian so singers out there? It's narrow. 
I can't think of anyone outside of Sobrano and this Malboy. This person signed with Sony Australia. So Jessica Malboy is also signed with Sony Australia, but it's not her. Okay. I have, I have no idea. We're getting close to the end. So I think some of these might give it away. Okay, okay. This person holds the record for the highest ever Eurovision score for Australia. Oh, yeah, I watched that one. Yep, um, that Korean chick, <laughs> Dummy. Dummy, is that her name? Dummy. Yes. Yes. Yes, Dummy M. Yes, I got it in the end. <laughs> How many did you have left? How many I only had two have? more. So oh like, um, I'm uh, so this sorry, person won dummies. the fifth, so this would have been the clincher anyway, won the fifth season of X Factor Australia singing hero from Mariah Carey. I didn't watch that, so I would have failed miserably. <laughs> and then this person emigrated from to Australia from South Korea with a family at the age of nine. I am so sorry. And Dami Im is the correct answer. Dami, I supported you when you were at Eurovision. Please don't hate me for not <laughs> guessing all this from the very beginning. <laughs> How Australia got a place in Eurovision, who knows? Australia always has a place in Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> well, from there, I'm going to give you Australia's Prince of Darkness, Prince Nick Kyrgios. Yes. So he's a pretty controversial guy, as you know. He is. Yeah, he's probably the best uh, tennis player that Australia's got at the moment. Really? I think so. That's a big call. Well, his serves are pretty fast. Like, he averages at least over 200 Ks an hour for every first serve. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, so some of his fastest ones are about 220. That's massive. Yeah. And he's always the box office hit. So whenever there's a Kyrgios <laughs> game, people are there. But are they tuning in for the tennis or something else? Well, I think they're tuning in for both because he's played against Nadal. He's also played against Federer and Djokovic. And those three pretty much dominate the top mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to tennis. They're the grandfathers of tennis. And yeah. on his first go playing against each of them, he has won against them. Really? That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. And also because I think he's just so fiery. People yeah. love, love going to see yeah, him Yeah, it's play. a bit of animation, a bit of tantrum throwing. Yeah. The perfect kind of drama that you want at a tennis game. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's been fined quite a lot. Uh, uh -huh. I think his record, well, the record for fines at a tennis game is $113,000. Holy one. Yeah. So he had five consecutive <laughs> fines. <laughs> In one game. In one game. Yeah. That's a bad day at the office. <laughs> now, not only is Nick Australia's bad boy on court, what many people don't know about Nick is that he's actually from a royal family in Asia. He's sort of a prince. His father's heritage is Greek, but his mother is actually a Malay princess from the Selangor royal family. She had to denounce her title when she came to Australia to marry her Aussie Greek partner, who was not of royal blood. So there you have it. Nick is a princeling. Combine that with his bad boy image on court, this is is why he's our Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Just like walks around with a thundercloud like hanging over his head, <laughs> ready to explode at any second. <laughs> it's like one of those WWF sessions where Nick Kyrgios comes in and you got like, you know, the, the mist behind him and yeah. then the thunder music and then him walking out like the gangster that he is. Yeah. <laughs> to thunderstruck perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't. But yeah, but he actually tried to change his um, image quite a bit, and you actually saw a warmer side to Nick yeah. during the um, Oz Open twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, going the, through some anger management counseling. Yeah, or something. I think yeah. so. Well, you know, this is coming from McEnroe, and we all know what John McEnroe, John McEnroe is like. was like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, 
he raised a lot of money for the Australian uh, bushfire relief. So uh-huh. uh, I think he set the mark that, hey, everyone, uh, if any of us uh, get an ace each time, that's $200 that we're donating to the Australian bushfire relief. And that really lifted up his reputation. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I guess so uh, if you want to see him live during ISO period, he is in Canberra training at the Lynham tennis court. Okay. I've been stalking his um, you, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> you had a story about him as well, didn't you? Yeah. So I was at the public basketball court in Canberra, um, yeah. you know, shooting hoops with one of my mates. And Nick shooting Kier- hoops. Shooting hoops. You know, that's what you do in Canberra because there's yeah. sometimes nothing else to do. Uh, and then Nick Kyrgios... Better than <laughs> shooting, <laughs> shooting up heroin or something like that. <laughs> Anyway, so him and his two mates were also playing uh, basketball, like a like a half game. So he was on one right. half, and we were on the other half. Yeah. And um, he must have just turned the right time to see me shoot a three pointer, and you should have seen the look on his face. He was like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty amazing, whoever you are." Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he gave you some compliment about your shot. Well, no, he didn't say anything. He just, he just. You know, had that face. You can, you know, that face where you go, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah, yeah nice that work. Was, nice work. Yeah, yeah. But he's also like a huge um, basketball fan. Actually, I think he wanted to make it big in the basketball world. But like Michael Jordan, apparently he wasn't a R- team player. Right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> cool story though. <laughs> it is a pretty cool story. And he had a coconut water because I had a coconut water. So there's our. There, that was our interaction. Wow. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. Australia's Prince of Darkness. Yes, get him while he's fast and curious. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my worst pun so far. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so uh, where have you been eating lately? Since now all these bands being lifted and restaurants are open and you can actually sit in. Um, I've had I've had a couple of dinners out. Oh, I went yeah. to our local uh, Chinese restaurant. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, classic Australian Chinese food. So, like let me the, get sweet and sour pork. Sweet and sour pork is their specialty. Really, like, good quality sweet and I'm sour pork. i my like, head at you right now. With that sticky sort of, like, orangey colour, luminescent kind of sauce. Did you have uh, chicken and sweet corn soup as well? Didn't. Should have. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I completely forgot all about that. Tonight's dinner. Spicy. We had spicy shredded beef. Oh, my God. Sweet and sour pork. So typical. And special combination fried rice. Oh my god! And then finished off with the fried, fried ice, ice cream. cream. Oh it my was god. so good. You're so predictable. So good. But that's what you go there for. You know what it is. Like it's it's cheap Australian, dodgy Chinese. With the plastic chairs and that like it's funny wipe down tablecloth thing. Yeah. So authentic. And mate. the overly friendly host. Yeah, all of that. And the the weird posters on the walls and all that. Yeah, it's great. I love it. So I've been there a couple of times, two times in fact. Yep. And um, and then also just the local Vietnamese restaurant because I felt sorry for them because they didn't have any customers. Oh. Yeah. I've been supporting um, the Bar Me joint down there. Um, okay. The yep. Marrick, Marrickville. Marrickville Bar-Me. Pork Roll. Yep, yeah. Yeah. They Roll. don't really need the help, but yeah. Oh, well, during ISO, uh, I think they needed some help. But plus, uh-huh. I just love eating it. It's so lovely. Like the fresh uh, salad and yeah. with the chili kick in it. Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. Yep. Yeah, I have cravings actually. Yeah. I think I need to go get one. I think so too. <laughs> Great talking to you, Upper Adam. Yep, good stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Bag rat out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. 
If you're really digging Captain Bagrad, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. Thank you.